Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff as well as a lot of guy stuff. So thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Probably more than you realize, but I really do. All right. So today I have a few things that I want or kind of need. Well, I want to just uh, talk about before I get into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast. First off, school is coming up. It's here in less than a week. Damn, that was a short summer break, but I don't know. My kids are ready. They are ready to be back in school, to be listening to someone else that has authoritative power, to get back into some structure. And despite my own advice I give on this show, my kids didn't have a whole lot of structure and schedules this summer. I should have promoted more reading. I should have promoted playing outside more, going to camps, And of course, less TV and screen time, which I did do that a little bit, but I think I could have done a little bit better. Sometimes it's just really easy though, isn't it? You just have stuff to get done and the kids ask about the TV or the iPad and then you agree and then bam, all of a sudden a couple hours have gone by, you didn't even realize it. And they've been on their screens for two hours, three hours or something crazy. But anyways, yes, back to the grind for the kids and also yes... It'll be a nice break for me, for dear old dad. So that's kind of a little perk for myself. So I don't know if you remember, I did an episode back in January, talked about sending kids to school and what time to send them to school. And we were debating sending my youngest daughter, Kennedy, to kindergarten or to pre-K. And we ultimately chose pre-K. She turns five after the August 1st cutoff date that we have here, which I think is kind of stupid. And we could have tested her into kindergarten, but we figure the extra year to have at home before starting isn't such a bad thing, I don't think. And it's the same thing that we did with my older daughter as well. So instead of both of my kids being the youngest in their class, they're the oldest in their class. And actually, the elementary school here has a pre-K program, so it is pretty convenient. Now both of my kids are going to the same school. It's pretty nice. And the plus thing is... Even though Kennedy's not going full-time, she's going two days a week, so that gives me two days to actually get all my shit done and get my ducks in a row. So if I can take my own advice and be productive, that would be great, all right? Let's work on that. So speaking of all this school stuff, what comes along with school? Yes, that's school supplies, backpacks, school clothes, All that shit that we begrudgingly did with our parents when we were young and that we also hated. Well, now here we are. We're dragging kids to Target and Kohl's to get all the same stuff. Well, my wife is. I'm not taking part in any of that. But a couple thoughts. A, when did school supplies get so expensive? Maybe I just haven't noticed, but $50 to $60 for a backpack? Like, really? A backpack for a child. 60 bucks. Anyways, crazy, mind-blowing. And B, when did kids' clothes, particularly girls' clothes, become so revealing or small, for lack of a better term? You kind of know what I'm saying? My wife, Megan, was telling me that she took our almost 8-year-old shopping for clothes the other day for school, went to the typical stores like I mentioned, and a lot of the stuff she had her try on was just not what you would expect a young girl to wear especially an eight-year-old. And I get it, you know, styles change and things are different than when I was young. But goddamn, like, tons of the shirts, she said, were 
showing midriff. And now, golly, probably sound like my parents, but they were short. They were they were belly shirts practically. And if she put her hands up over her head to play in the playground, then the top is just going to go up even more. So it just seems kind of ridiculous. And then the shorts, my wife was just trying to find some nice shorts she could wear to school. And what do you know? The shorts are short as hell too. I don't, I don't get it. They're tiny little things that some even had the pockets hanging out like they were some freaking Daisy Duke stuff. And yes, Daisy Dukes are great when they're on a 25 plus year old woman, but no young girl should be in these tiny little shorts, at least in my opinion. And it wasn't just a shirt or a pair of shorts or just a few things. It was a lot of the stuff in these big box stores were sized like this. And like I said, styles change and manufacturers make and sell what is popular, right? But I don't remember that when I was a kid. I don't remember girls wearing midriff belly shirts. And maybe I'm dating myself and making myself sound like a square and a prude, but why would parents buy some of that stuff for their pre-teenage kids? Hell, even when my daughters are teenagers, I'm going to be pretty hard to convince that these things are fine. And I know we've all seen it on the older kids too, the 12s and 13s and 14-year-old kids. My wife and I know have shared the occasional look when some young girl walks by and we kind of look at each other like, what in the F was that girl wearing? Or how did she get out of the house with that on? And we always talk like, I would never let my kid leave the house in some shirt or some shorts like that. And people are. And for the boys, from what I see, boys' clothes are about the same as what I can remember. Superhero t-shirts and cool-looking polos and cargo shorts. Pretty pretty basic stuff. But anyways, that's just my, my observation and my gripe for the day. Hopefully, I won't have another one. I might, though. I don't know. We'll see. And by the way, she actually did buy her quite a few school clothes. Stuff we thought was appropriately sized and long enough. Some shirts seemed... A little bit short, but they do cover her pretty good. No belly shirts in the house, so that's kind of good. As well as some longer shorts. And I'm not talking super long shorts that come way down to your knee or something. Just normal shorts. Actually, speaking of shorts, do you ever remember what dads used to do to their daughters with the fingertip test? I feel like I remember that. I've got three older sisters, and I want to say I remember a a fingertip test. Maybe that was a school rule. It's where you put your hands down to your sides, and if your shorts were shorter than where your fingers rested then they were too short. I don't know, you might remember that. But anyways, just just uh, be mindful of what you buy your girls for clothes, okay? You may think some of the stuff looks cute, which yes, a lot of it does look really cute. But they're kids. They're eight years old. They're not our besties, and they aren't 20. So, okay, done with my rant. Anyways, moving on to another story. You all know that I have my nice old 82 Chevy truck. And I've had it since high school. My grandmother gave it to me when I was 15. I kind of love the thing. I do. I've had it for a long time. I love it. It's gone with me from Arizona to Minnesota, Minnesota to Vegas, and now Vegas to here in Indiana. So it's traveled a lot with me. But anyways, since I'm a car guy, I'm a mechanic by trade whenever I do go back to work. um, I like old shit. I like working on stuff. That's a hobby of mine. I figured I would try to meet more like-minded people here in Indiana, people that like fixing junk and owned junk. So I went and joined this Facebook group of all these guys that have, and gals that have trucks like mine in my state. Well, they do little shows and they meet up all throughout the summer. So I figured I would take my old 82 to some of these things. Sounds kind of fun, right? 
So there's one coming up here in August next month, and I told the guy that I was going to come. Well, I just found out that this event is 110 miles from me, so 220 miles round trip. And now I'm kind of second-guessing the reliability of my old classic truck. I'm kind of scared. I don't know if it's going to make that type of a trip. And it's reliable, sort of. I trust it enough to make a Home Depot run. I trust it enough to drive to my gym to go work out in the morning, but I'm just not sure if I should trust it on a sustained run for almost two hours straight on the highway. So I don't know. Maybe I won't be bringing that truck to a truck show. Maybe I'll just have to drive my still old but less old GMC truck. And you can actually see these on my Instagram if you're so inclined. Yes, I'm the guy that posts tons of pictures of my cars and trucks and everything else. That's that's me. That's what I'm into. So, But I do want to fix up my old 82 to a point where it could be this ultimate reliable driver. I mean, do I swap in a new engine, an LS engine, if you know what that is? Do I... <clears throat> Do I drop in a Duramax engine in there, a nice diesel? That would be pretty sick. Do I blow the whole truck apart and rebuild every aspect and every piece of it and restore it, essentially? Or are those dreams too big and not really reality? And maybe I should just leave it completely alone and fix the little necessities just to keep it on the road the way it is. I don't really know. Anyways, all this thinking got me pondering, going down that rabbit hole, so to speak, about doing things and not doing things and fulfilling quote-unquote dreams or just straight up pulling the plug on them and saying forget it. You know, we all have dreams. We all have aspirations. We have things that we always told ourselves that we would want to do or accomplish or master even throughout our life. And now that I'm older, just turned 40, oh boy, is this kind of the start of a midlife crisis? Is that what this is? Are these questions all midlife crisis-y when guys buy boats and Corvettes and stuff? Which, hey, actually, I wouldn't mind buying some of that cool stuff. It sounds kind of fun. Maybe a, maybe a side-by-side? Maybe another old classic car? I don't know. But I'm just to the point where maybe I need to realize some of this shit isn't going to happen. To just let certain things go. I don't know. Is that a bad attitude towards it? Am I having a bad attitude? I think it's just being honest with myself, really. Is it time to stick a fork in a few of these dreams, so to speak, and focus on what really matters and dreams that are a little more important or obtainable? Now, if you've listened to many or any motivational speakers, Gary Vee being probably the biggest one that I can think of, they usually go and tell you, have dreams, man. Go take care of your necessities and then go grind on your dreams and love what you do. And, and if you don't love what you do, then, then find something that you do love and then go grind on it. Isn't that kind of how he sounds? Kind of kind of mousy. Just do it, man. Just do it. Right? He kind of sounds like that. Anyways, like dreams relate to grinding a stone or an axe. I don't know where that comes from. But anyways, they all say that. They all say, have dreams, work towards your dreams, yada, yada. You know the story. And I'm not saying to not have dreams. I'm not sitting here telling you to crush your dreams or deflate you and tell you just to live and work and die. And that's it. I'm not I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying maybe we should let certain things go and focus on other things. Which sidebar, I just kind of realized this as I was talking, is yes, people have these dreams and accomplishments they want to conquer 
And when some of them do, and they achieve whatever greatness they're looking for, then there's a part of society that hits them with the, the be humble, or why do you think you're better than me, or why are you always so busy when you already have X, Y, and Z, you already have all this whatever, money or things or whatever it may be. Why do you keep striving for more? When is enough enough? Right? Does that, does that sound kind of familiar? I know I've heard it, not personally, but I've heard it. And then on the other side, if it doesn't look like you're doing anything or maybe you're not doing anything and you're just happy living your life, you're content, you aren't pushing yourself and you don't have a ton of irons in the fire, you don't have a side hustle and you don't have this and you're not grinding, you know, how they always say, then you're considered lazy or unmotivated almost since you aren't pushing yourself to some extreme and you're not striving to learn a ton of things. It's like no matter what you do, it's just not enough for some people or it's too much for some people, for certain people, not everybody, but a certain amount of people. I don't know. It's just just my little observation that popped into my head just now. But what I'm trying to say is, yes, have your dreams, but maybe, at least for me, and maybe for you as well, we consolidate some of these babies down a little bit. We check off some of these that have been in our lives and aren't going anywhere, and we kind of have that realization that they aren't going to go anywhere. And I can't believe all these thoughts in my head are stemming from my stupid truck. Maybe I should just come to the realization with my truck that... It's not going to turn into some amazing piece of rolling art. I'm not saying it's impossible, but maybe I should just shelve that quote-unquote dream for now and not think about it and don't stress about it and just kind of let it go, at least for the time being. Maybe a lot of people already do this with their aspirations and their goals and stuff, and I'm just finally having this realization. I don't know. Maybe I'm late to the game here. Or here's another example kind of funny one actually. I used to skateboard back in the day, 19 or 20 years old, with me and my buddy Andrew who's been on this podcast and we used to skate around and we'd try to do little tricks, jump stairs and do ollies and kick flips or whatever. We thought we were cool and hey this was back in the early 2000s, maybe 2002, 2003, so maybe we were kind of cool. Maybe we were that uh, cool guy that we thought we were. Well, I always thought that I would get better at skating, that I would keep pushing and keep going and really be able to do some shit with it, like X game stuff, you know? Well, that didn't happen. Andrew moved away, and I got serious in construction work, and the skateboarding ceased pretty much right then. So fast forward 15 years now, and I'm in my mid-30s, And I needed to drop off my vehicle at my in-law's house in Vegas and then get back to my house, which was about a mile away, down a hill, mind you. And as I was leaving my garage to do this, I was just going to walk. But as I was leaving my garage to do this, you know what I spotted? All dusty in the corner of my garage. It was that bright yellow skateboard, and it gave me a genius idea. You can kind of see where this is going, right? Foolproof plan. So I drop off my truck, toss the skateboard out on the asphalt, and once I got reacquainted with standing on the damn thing, it wasn't too bad. Felt kind of comfortable. Kicked and pushed down the block, feeling pretty confident. That is, until I came to the hill, which was a downhill. And I was still in denial. 
I thought, oh, yeah, this is this is a hill, but I'll just roll down it, and if I get going too fast, I'll I'll step off or I'll steer and slow myself down. I, I thought I had it all under control. Well, going down this hill was freaking nuts, okay? It was nuts. I couldn't just step off, and when I tried to step off, I did one of those running moves where your legs try to keep up with your body, and they just can't go fast enough, and your arms are now windmilling on the side of your body like crazy. And after about five steps, I totally ate shit. I tumbled and came crashing down. Skinned my hands, cranked on my wrist, tore my pants, and it was, uh, it was, it was not fun. I felt it at 30-some years old. I felt that fall. And that skateboard and I, we ended up walking most of the trip back to my house. And the next day, when I went to work, I took that skateboard and I gave it to the young yard kid, and he was super stoked that I just gave him a skateboard. So he was happy. So I'm just saying, I don't know why I thought that I could ride that thing. I should have just hung that dream up years ago and stopped thinking about it, stopped thinking that I could even stand on that stupid skateboard. And maybe I did. Maybe I did in my mind, but maybe I have some denial there. I don't know. And the same goes with my snowboarding. I just went on a snowboarding trip this year, and I enjoyed myself, aside from getting sick. I'm a decent rider, but I'm not, I'm not some pro. I'm not super amazing or anything. But when I watch guys that are really good board, inside my head, I think that, yeah, I can do that, or I'll get that good someday, like some other sort of dream. And I think I just need to tell myself and know that there is no way I'm going to be better than I am right now at that certain sport or activity. Just to accept it. You're, you're 40, dude. Let it go and just be happy with what you know how to do, carving down the hill, not falling off when you leave the ski lift, and just be content with my ability and stop the delusion that I will be something more someday. Does that kind of make sense? Just let it go. And I could go on and on with things like racing cars or acting or doing stand-up or building my own house with my own two hands, but I'll spare you the nonsense. Which, yes, I would love to try those things. I always thought I would enjoy stand-up, but it scares the shit out of me. And maybe I will do some of those things someday, but should they be my primary focus, though? No, they shouldn't. And I don't want this to come off as me saying quit because a goal is too big or too hard. I'm not saying that at all. If you, if you love doing what you're doing and love doing it, then by all means, do it. And I just want to say dreams are different than hobbies, but they're also quite similar. I always promote hobbies. I love hobbies. I encourage you to find one, something that you like to focus some of your time on, finding things that you enjoy. You enjoy the process, no matter how difficult it is. It's very different than telling yourself you're going to go be an award-winning violinist or a medal-winning snowboarder and be able to go off jumps and, and do 360s and loop-de-loops, but you hate learning new notes on your violin and you hate learning new moves in the snow park. So kind of makes sense, right? Those things aren't going to go anywhere. I love doing this podcast. Yes, it's a, it's a dream of mine that one day I will grow this brand and make it into something, right? Which, honestly, it kind of already is something. It's, it's here, isn't it? You can listen to it, right? But this thing is also my hobby. 
I enjoy doing this. I enjoy this process of creating this podcast, talking, researching, informing. I like all those aspects. And it's the same with my YouTube stuff. I, I enjoy doing all that and recording and filming and editing. It's, it's fun for me. It's a hobby. Would I like it to go somewhere eventually? Sure. I think everyone would like their hobby to go somewhere, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. See, now I'm kind of rambling again. So not sure where I'm really going with all this. I'm not really giving a whole lot of sound advice here. It's just a lot of talk. So if you don't like that, I apologize. But I just think it's kind of important, especially the older we get, to focus on different things. Maybe more tangible things. Things that we really do care about. Those hobbies that we enjoy the process of. Maybe it's smoking meats or wrenching on cars. Whatever it may be. We do those things because we love doing them. We love the process. We don't do them because we think that we're the next Bobby Flay and going to open a food truck or that we're the next Chip Foose and we're going to design a car, right? We can differentiate those hobbies from the lofty dreams that we have, which we should still have. I just don't want you to forget and think that I'm shitting on everything. But maybe some of those things should stay exactly that, as dreams. And this whole dream thing can be kind of taken another way as well. A lot of today has been really just my personal opinion and experiences, but I had to research something. You know me. I have to read some articles on stuff. Well, I found one, and it was called When You Shouldn't Follow Your Dreams. And I'm not going to get into it a bunch, but I'm just going to talk about a few little pieces I thought was kind of interesting in there. I'll link the article in the description so you can check it out. First was the author Mark Mason, and I guess he's well known for writing books. Well, what he said about his own dream of being a musician kind of struck me. He said that he was in love with the result of his dream. He was not in love with the process to get there. It takes a lot of work to actually follow a dream. For him, it was making music and being in a band and being a rock star. For me, it's maybe trying to race a car or be a pro skater when I was 20. He goes on to say that his rock star fantasy had less to do with actually rocking out than simply feeling acknowledged and appreciated. And I think that's kind of an interesting take. It's fun having a dream, a huge lofty goal, but a lot of that grinding to achieve them can really suck or not be enjoyable. And if you don't enjoy that part, then what's the point, really? Even fulfilling it may be not as rewarding as you think in your mind. And we're just looking for some appreciation for something in our lives. Maybe that harkens back to really appreciating the ones around you. That acknowledgement and appreciation doesn't have to come from a concert hall of fans or a bunch of uh, snowboarder fans in my case. It can come from your inner circle. And the second was a quote that Mark had pulled from a Marilyn Manson song, actually. And the quote was, When all your wishes are granted, many of your dreams will be destroyed. And Manson actually explains this in his autobiography, that even after achieving his goals, the fame and the fortune and that rock star status, he found himself the most miserable he had ever been in his entire life. His reality did not live up to his fantasies, and he felt that he had nothing else to really look forward to in his life. I don't know, kind of crazy. Would you think that's the opposite of what would happen when you get fame and fortune and I think a lot of people think that they work so hard to get something or somewhere thinking that it will be as amazing as they thought and it really isn't they still have problems they still aren't happy 
then they go and they create some new goal and they go strive for that and they keep moving. Being content with where you are and what you have is great, but I think a lot of people really enjoy or need to continually be working toward something. Why do we climb that corporate ladder? Or are we always looking for work or job promotions? Or even with my kids and they're really striving to move up a level in their gymnastics program or whatever program they're doing. Or me working out in the weight room and and you, you want to lift more weight. Pretty basic, but same principle. And I do think the world of social media makes it harder to feel good about accomplishments and hitting your own goals or dreams. It's kind of crammed into our eyeballs. People looking amazingly successful or living their best lives or achieving their dreams that it can really kind of take the wind out of our sails when we compare ourselves to those people and make us not feel great about our own maybe smaller accomplishments. It's happening for them. It's not happening for us. We're comparing ourselves to fitness models or why that dude is so shredded and has thousands of followers and he has brand deals and he's making money and why isn't that happening to me or why someone gets discovered for their music but I'm not getting discovered for my music. It's very hard not to compare our achievements to others. I don't know. See, rambling again, rambling. But back to that Marilyn Manson thing, I think that's a lot of people get kind of stuck in that and they think that if I get this, then my life will change to that or if I make this money or if I get that fame or if I conquer that dream, then it's going to be life-changing for me. And I really don't think... It is. It just opens the door to probably new problems in a way. And you're still dealing with some sort of demon, I guess. So to kind of wrap this up and end my unprofessional take on this whole topic, let's be humble and grateful with how far we've come with our goals and our dreams. And also, depending on your age, I suppose let's put a pin in some of those dreams we've had floating around all these years, consolidate them, weed them out, maybe let a couple of them stay up in our head, use them for motivation in some fashion, I guess, and focus on other dreams that you are truly passionate about, goals that we really want to attain, and hobbies that we really love. And remember, don't fall into that social media trap thinking less of what you have accomplished. Pretty pretty good, right? Also, be sure to show that appreciation for friends and family and even strangers' hard work when they accomplish things, no matter how big or how small. Lastly, remember, I'm not suggesting you go and kill your dreams. If it motivates you and you're working towards them, then badass. Get it and go crush it and, and conquer it. Part of me still thinks I could go be a, a amateur race car driver and do some variation of that dream of mine. And I may hang on to that one. Maybe uh, keep it in the back of my mind. And hell, maybe I'll go out and buy a car one day and do some amateur racing. I don't know. You just, you never know. All right, this is enough of preaching today. So thank you for listening to Stay at Home Dad's podcast. I do appreciate you listening and hearing all my opinions and my thoughts, no matter how crazy they can be. So do you have any outlandish dreams like I do? Do you want to be an award-winning cross-country skier or professional chef? Or... Maybe you're trying to get on that PGA Tour. I don't know. Maybe you're trying to work on that golf game. Well, send me a message on my social media over on podbean.com and let me know. I would love to hear from you. 
Tell me how close you've come and where you're at with your dream or your goal. And that's the great thing about dreams, in a way, is it's a lot of fun to think about. It's a lot of fun to daydream on and, and think of where we would be if we conquered those dreams. So, I know, it's kind of fun. Now I'm going to go out and buy one of those Mega Million tickets and dream about winning, I don't know, a billion dollars and think about how I would spend all that sweet, sweet money. All right, well, tell your friends that they can actually win the lottery by listening to this awesome podcast. It's over on all the big streaming platforms. And that's it, everyone. I'll talk to you next week.